0: My guest today is Dr. Carrie Grass. Now, Dr. Carrie Grass is the author of a number of books, including The Anti-Mary Exposed, the Theology of Home, and her most recent book, Theology of Home 2, which she co-authored. Now, Dr. Carrie Grass holds a master, or, sorry, a doctorate degree in philosophy, and she is a mother who I've learned so much from in her beautiful reflections, both from her theology and philosophy and her experience as a parent. Dr. Grass, welcome to Trending. Thanks so much for having me. It's great to be here. Now, Dr. Gress, I'm excited to unpack your most recent book. It was incredible timing for me to pick up because I had just moved. We're also expecting a baby. And your book truly spoke to my heart. Now, some of the gentlemen might be listening up saying theology of home. Okay, I'm out. This really does relate to you as well. I think you can take these principles and really apply them to your own conversation um, in terms of how you find yourself at home. Uh, But Dr. Gress, what inspired you to write the book? And let's, unpack some of those initial themes you place in the book
1: mm-hmm. yeah well of course the, the first theology of the home book um, theology of book, really focused on the home itself and um, just the basic principles of things like light and nourishment and you know all these elements that we we deal with in the home and it wasn't so much how to design the home but more why we have this desire to home and desire to zi- design our homes and how home is really meant to be this foreshadowing of, of heaven. Um, but the second book, Noel marrying my co-author and I really decided that there was something missing in the first book. And that was really recognizing that homes don't make themselves, um, that mm-hmm. there actually needs to be a homemaker. Um, and this is one of the, I think, real blind spots in our culture today is we love the home. We love decorating our homes. We love cooking. We love sewing, like all these new trends that come back to the home. Then of course we've all been stuck in our homes. Um, but you know, what better place to be stuck than our homes? Um, you know, we haven't been refugees and things like that. So that, that has been a blessing, but we loathe the word homemaker and (laughs) we just thought, you know, there's really a problem here because somebody has got to make the home. Um, and so many of us are doing that in, in smaller and large ways. And yet nobody wants to be called that. And I thought. Uh, can we rehabilitate this word because it it just doesn't make sense that we have so stigmatized Mm it and made it to be be so little when in fact there's something really great and amazing and wonderful about serving those people around us um by making a home for them where they feel known and loved and treasured and they can kind of they can be you know grow into their own potential um they just feel comfortable there's a sense Mm -hmm. of sanctuary all of these things um we all yearn for and long for in our hearts. Um, so that was really the the desire to dig deeper into that aspect that, you know, homes aren't, can't be robots. Um, but there's really got to be somebody there, uh, to make all of these things work
0: there's a tremendous amount of dissatisfaction for many people with regard to being at home, whether it has to do with being home and alone or Mm -hmm. even burdened with responsibilities of family and children. And so many say, you know, I would rather be at work. I feel better. I feel Mm -hmm. happier, more fulfilled at work. And so you at the kickoff of your book mentioned the three elements to evaluate career happiness by author Mm -hmm. Patrick Lancioni. I'd love Mm -hmm. to walk through those three how people feel fulfilled yeah. in work when those three are present and how that right. relates to what it looks like when we're at home so the first yeah. one is am I respected in my job let's talk about this both from the workforce mm-hmm. perspective and the home
1: yeah no this is one of those things that's just is always remarkable um how unrespected women are especially those of us that stay at home with our children and how it's just kind of seemed like an odd thing or why would you do that? You, you know, you've thrown away your degree or whatever mm. that is. And so I think that that is one of the biggest challenges. Um, you know, all three of these are of course challenges. Um, but to be in the situation where you constantly feel like what you're doing isn't worthwhile, um, that that's a really heavy reality. And I think it's the same thing as Pat Lencioni makes the point, you know, that it, it's the same situation if you're in a job where you don't feel like this is the case, Then, you know, most people would say find a new job. Um, But if you you're determined to sort of make your family and your home a priority, you're not usually encouraged to do that, um, you know, overtly, uh, unless you're surrounded by, you know, great friends and family who who really appreciate your mission. Um, So yeah, I think that that's one of the big struggles that that those of us who are homes really face.
0: Well, when I look at it, am I respected in my job? If you're someone who has chosen to be at home with your children, to, you know, stay primarily in that role. You know, a lot of women are now, you know, working from home part time as well. You know, it looks a little different for everyone, but Mm -hmm. many feel disrespected or unappreciated, Mm -hmm. might we say, at home. And so, If you're in a job, you'd say, okay, look for a different job, like you said. But if you're at home, many women are said, well, why don't you go to work? Or why don't you, Mm -hmm. you know, get a job? And even a lot of spouses will say that to their wife when they start Mm -hmm. to feel dissatisfied. Uh, So how do you kind of flip that in the context of Mm -hmm. this book?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, in so many different ways, of course, um, you know, and, and as you mentioned, it's just funny thinking about how you, your clients really are your children, you know, and it's not like they're giving you kudos all the time. So, um, yeah, I think that that's the other challenging factor is you get it from the outside, you get it from the inside as well. Um, but I think how, one way that we flip this is just recognizing what the, what we're doing is actually incredibly important and impacts the culture in dramatic ways. Um, and I think we have to sort of look at that motherhood as something, and and homemaking really, as something that happens kind of invisibly. It's a lot of the behind-the-scenes things that, that um, and actually in one book we even talk about snow, how we compare it to snow, and Our Lady, and Her Grace to, to snow as well. Um, but, it, you know, it starts, and there's like no drama, usually. It's not a big storm, usually. It just is very quiet, and it's only with the accumulation that you start to realize, um, you know, that's really building up to something bigger. Um, and I think that that's one of the, the things that we have to be mindful of is that these things, this is a, le- a marathon. This is not a sprint. Um, you're not going to get quick re- rewards on it necessarily um, all the time. Yes, of course, they appear in great smiles and great relationships that you're building up and, you know, in- interactions that you have with your, your um, children and other family members. Um, but there's a lot of really hard points to that. Um, But again, it's the looking, keeping an eye on the goal. I mean, that's what the the marathon runner does is they're not out there just to run. Um, they want to, they want to finish. They want to get to that goal. And I think that that's what we have to be mindful of as mother with motherhood as well. And, and that's homemaking.
0: That's Dr. Carrie Grass, author of the new book, Theology of Home 2. The two other elements to evaluate career happiness are, do I know why my job matters, and am I progressing in my work, and is there a measure for this progress? These two questions really remind me, Dr. Grass, of the fact that parents are told that their presence to kids is obsolete. It's not necessary. Mm -hmm. and In fact, our lifestyle of of kids going from school to activities emphasizes that you don't need to be there. They're fine. Mm -hmm. They'll be raised by someone else or they'll just grow up on their own. And so this Mm -hmm. idea that my job matters or that I'm progressing in my job or work at home is really confusing for many parents.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I think undoubtedly. um, Certainly the the labor aspect of it has diminished significantly because we're not out foraging or knitting or, you know, canning for the winter and all that kind of stuff. Um, but there's also even just the, what what we got from radical feminism, which is this very mistaken notion that children just r- they just grow, they sort of are, <laughs> raise themselves. Um, you know that that parenting really is insignificant, and yet you there's know we succulence. now
0: have succulents. <laughs> They're succulents, just they an ice cube here and there.
1: <laughs> exactly, it doesn't really take much work. Um, and of course, all the social sciences and all the data is now showing you know that that just doesn't it's not true, um, and that there's a, a significant Role that parents do play, both mother and father, and how important both of those pieces really are um in raising a very healthy, mature christian adult um so I think that that's another um important matter as, as well so yeah absolutely we have to be mindful of what what is actually happening oh and i the other thing I would add too is just it's been interesting to look at the research um under the lockdowns. there was an article that was out maybe a week or two ago about how teenagers are really flourishing um, because they're having more time. They're probably getting more sleep. Um, they're also having a lot of time with their families that they didn't have before. And they're having a lot less time where they're pressured into, you know, where they're dealing with all that social anxiety um, that can come up a lot of times, especially now with all the pressures of social um, media and, you know, all the things that are going on in the culture. So it's interesting to see that the that slowing down has had a, a very beneficial response. Um, or beneficial effect on teenagers in particular
0: that is so good to see you know we hear so much about the message of how COVID has been so difficult on people but there are a lot of Mm -hmm. kids teenagers who have actually loved being home even even if that has meant a little less time with their friends and the activities Mm -hmm. that they enjoy they Mm -hmm. really do love the rest that they wouldn't otherwise benefit from
1: yeah so and and that family time as well for sure mm -hmm. yeah
0: so, how can we help parents, especially mothers, better understand why their job matters?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think part of it is to really recognize what what it what it means to raise children but also to be um to be a homemaker and to be present to others. I think that one of the things that we did in this book was we didn't want this to be just for women that stay at home or um even just women that have children. Uh, was, but we also wanted to recognize that there's a spiritual element to every woman that we're all called to spiritual motherhood. Some of us are called the biological motherhood, but that doesn't negate this, the spiritual motherhood that we're called to, um, which is to, to mother others. And I, I think that this is really the key piece that we're missing because we focus so much in this culture on control and power and that those are the important things and not really this idea, understanding of how do we help people grow? How do we love them to help them become the person that God wants them to be, um, and use their gifts in a way that makes them happy, but also makes the whole world, you know, benefits from that. Um, so I think it's a more big picture kind of response to, to that, um, for all women.